0: Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a engagement How long before give? a wedding should I send How out many many save the dates? Are in the first series Use of IMAP the NBA to playoffs. check mail on other email clients. Identify the best fonts, fonts. fonts from... where to
1: find you
0: were four best years Welcome NBA to The Voice of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And today we're going to talk about the overlap between user experience and SEO. Joining us today is Joe Ford, who is the head of SEO at Organic, which is a full service agency that works with brands like Samsung, Cooper, and HSBC to create seamless, enjoyable, and engaging experiences for customers, employees, and other stakeholders using digital technology and the insight of experts because they believe in digital for good. And today, Joe and I are going to talk about teaming up with your UX team to make impactful changes in SEO. this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs' Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com/awt. That's a h r e f s dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Joe Ford, head of SEO at Organic.
1: Joe, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Hi, nice to meet you. It's uh, Good to see you, back.
0: Nice to meet you. Pleasure to have you as a guest on the show. And I'm excited to talk a little bit about user experience. Uh, Let's start off first and foremost about uh, you and Organic, where you are and what you
1: guys are about. Yeah, no problem. Um, Yeah, so... Organic, like you said in the intro, we're a full service agency, but we are from a little place called Exeter, which is down in the southwest of England. So we're probably four or five hours away from London, which for... England is quite a track to London all the time for the big clients, but for you guys over there in America, I'm sure that's uh you just your daily commute isn't it?
0: Um, I think that the average commute in the United States is about 45 minutes so you know you're like uh, four commutes away from being uh, being bad average but nevertheless, beautiful country and I had this conversation earlier this week where talking about what the epicenter of SEO was. And it was with somebody who was focused on international SEO. And they said that, you know, the UK is the center of the SEO world because most of the countries that are doing international SEO think of it as their tech center, as opposed to the United States, home to Google, obviously runs the algorithm and the engine, but that's just one country. So in theory, you're in one of the epicenters of SEO, even if you're four or five hours away from uh, from, from downtown London
1: yeah and absolutely i think it's and we're we're very lucky because we get the uh the sort of the more countryside experience as an agency but yeah we get to still work on some of the biggest clients around say which is a great thing for us um because yeah it's but it's that choice isn't it that you always have to make of do you move to the big city to work on the big clients or do you work on smaller clients outside and so we get the best of both worlds
0: Sounds like you're, you're doing something right. Let's talk a little bit about your area of expertise. You're the head of SEO at Organic, which is a full service agency. And one of the things that you specialize in is blending in user experience with your SEO strategies. Talk to me about some of the ways that you're teaming up with UX to make an impact on your SEO results.
1: Yeah. So there's probably two parts to it, I suppose. There's the internal work that we can do. So we've got an SEO team, we've got a UX team, we've got a design team, and we've got the sort of tech guys and the tech teams. And so there's a lot of work that we do to work with each other internally. So where we get to do that, um, I guess a lot of the time is on site builds and new site builds, which is obviously a part where you've got the, the developers running the show. Essentially, they're they're building it. But we get the UX team are probably the first ones in there. And they go through, they start doing all the user testing, user profiles to decide what they need to build. And we found that quite a lot of the time it was it's the case that the, the clients don't tend to want to pay for the SEO part of it, because SEO, rightly or wrongly, has sometimes got a bit of a, a bit of a name for itself.
0: The black arts of yeah. marketing, the the marketing channel that just shows up and nobody knows how to manipulate it according to yeah. you know, the powers that be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so a lot of clients still, especially on the, the full site builds, that they're not coming to us specifically for SEO. It's something that they're maybe not aware that they need, aware that they want. And so... It's been quite far down the line when someone from the SEO team will maybe look at a a new site build and just be like, we're really doing some sort of obvious bits that we need to change here that aren't really going to take up massive amount of SEO time. So we need to work closer with the UX teams, make them a little bit SEO, make them understand what's good, what's probably not the best thing for an SEO point of view, and, and just get in there from the start rather than being that last bit where it's uh, they go, oh, the site's going live. Can you just give it a quick five-minute check over? And you go, well, not massively. (laughs) That's that's quite a hard call to make. So you've you've
0: highlighted the primary issue that SEOs have when it comes to UX is often the SEOs are brought in post-launch. Hey, we've got a site that is launched or even established, getting traffic, and now we want to optimize it. There is an O in SEO, right? The optimization part is obviously... Uh, You need to have a site to optimize. I think that most people think of it as a post-launch activity as opposed to an activity that should be brought into the site production process. But what we're seeing is there's two shifts in SEO that are impactful. One is more of a focus on mobility. Obviously, the mobile first crawl. And two, we're seeing the metrics that are impacting SEO are often related to the user experience, uh, specifically core web vitals. So talk to me about where SEOs should be involved in the process as opposed to where they are today.
1: Yeah. So I guess the, the most obvious example I've got is, is the site um, structure. Basically, so the taxonomy of the site where we've come in too many times and it's been a live site and you go, there are some fundamental flaws and issues with your taxonomy of the site. Um, There's several different routes to get to the same thing, which is leading to duplication, blah, blah, so on. And changing that afterwards on a live site is quite a big change. And it's almost a secondary migration because you'll have lots of URL changes that you'll need to do. So it's quite an involved task of something of that size and structure to change hierarchy. Whereas if you get involved in that, when normally it's a UX person, UX going through and stealth start doing the initial site mapping, not XML site mapping, like actual site mapping (laughs) and um,
0: the actual figuring out how to link pages together.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And when they're starting to do that, that for me, we've done it with several projects now where it's just been, I don't know, an hour phone call every couple of weeks where I just check in with them and they show me what they're doing. I go, maybe you want to do that. That will lead to duplication. Let's not do that. And then we're good to go. And the site goes live and I've probably spent four or five hours on it rather than post live and then it's a yeah this is going to be a costly big migration that you need to do to update all of your hierarchy so that to me is one massive area where you can or clients essentially can save a lot of money from getting it right the first time
0: time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor previsible so you're looking for seo help and you got a couple of options That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So first step in the process is bringing your SEO team into process or the SEO teams asking to be involved in the process to make sure that there is the correct site structure. You're working on site mapping. When you think about the actual user experience, obviously mobile is something that we're all focused on as SEOs. I mentioned before the mobile first crawl is now the the process, at least for Google. Talk to me about when you're thinking about UX and SEO, when it comes to mobility, where should you be involved and what are some of the problems that you've run into?
1: Yeah. So for the mobile stuff specifically, I think it's a hard one because everyone knows that the mobile section, I mean, unless you're in probably some B2B areas, mobile is nearly always the biggest section now for most clients. and. It's yeah. It's one of those things where you need to go. Everyone knows it's the big way that people look at your site. Let's look at this and design it mobile first, and then do the desktop one. But it doesn't really ever still happen like that because we're designing on computers. We're designing for computers. We're testing on computers, and so you still end up with very desktop e design, which has to be transferred over. so what we find that can help a lot there is using the data that we can get from SEO. Um, so even just things like analytics data that we can show them. You are 80% um, of your users are coming to your mobile platforms at the moment. You can go into Search Console and be like, look, you're getting crawled by mobile at the moment and not Google desktop and just having all of these things up front. So before any of the processes even started, you've kind of got a little business casing document that just says, mobile is super important for this build. We're going at it. This is what you need to do.
0: So I feel like that's where the UX teams and the SEOs are all going to get along by saying, Hey, look, we got to prioritize mobile ahead of anything else, Mm -hmm. right? The UX team, understands the small screen is going to be the dominant one where their content, where their designs are actually being consumed. And SEOs know that mobile is going to be crawled. So what can you do to team up to make sure that your sites are more efficient and also optimized for SEO?
1: Yeah, so I guess from one aspect of it, which is something for me that I find quite interesting because um, it's that way of if you like to have things, you like to be on, on the top of your game, And so in my opinion, making things work and making things look good on mobile is harder. It's a tiny screen to work on. If you've got a lot of content on that screen and you think no one's going to want to scroll forever to look at this, but at the same time, we need more than three products on this page. So it's there's a lot of figuring out what you need to do there. And I find it's it's a lot harder to make a good mobile site than it is to make a desktop site. So... As like a personal challenge, I quite like the fact that if you work mobile first or something, you get it right on mobile, probably a bit easier to get it right on desktop as well.
0: I feel like the conflict between UX teams and SEOs are, I need this content on the mobile experience, so my pages are going to rank. And the UX team is saying that content is too much for this page, it makes the page heavy, it makes the user experience suboptimal so I don't want to do it. How do you overcome that type of conflict?
1: Luckily, there's the the change with how Google have been able to see and how they work with stuff being in drop downs and accordions and stuff like that now. Because whereas probably four or five years ago, they very much had that view of if it's in an accordion and you're not showing it on the page without a click by the user, it's probably not that important. So we won't take too much of that into account when looking at the page. Nowadays, I think that's very different. The, Google know that to make a page not be absolutely huge, it's going to need to be, I say, hidden content, but stuff behind the down, stuff behind an accordion, something like that. And so the good thing is we do have that, that option open to us now, which is good. But then there's also, I think it's the realizing that it's not a fight with the UX team and go, we need to have this content somewhere. I understand as well as you do that this probably isn't going to look great for on a mobile screen if we've got this much content. So how can we work this out and teaming up together, working at it together? And then you can come up with solutions. And it may be that you take a step back and you all look at it and go, Everyone agrees that all of this content is necessary, but we could probably split that into three different pages. So maybe it goes over three pages or we say, actually, yeah, we need to do this. How can we make accordions that work really well? How do we make accordions that have got a good bit of copy around it so that users know that they need to click through this to see some extra content? Is that content What is the content that should be hidden? What is the content that should just be always there, visible for the user and stuff like that? And so it's about working with them and not working against them. So working with them and looking at it as a whole team, get the designers involved as well, because they may have some tricks and you think, actually, yeah, if you do that, that makes a really good idea. And we can, it's really obvious that you might need to use an accordion there.
0: So there's more flexibility now for Google to be able to crawl content, which allows you to essentially bury content, but still have it be valuable for SEO. And there's also the notion of, you know, you have to work together. And one of the ways that you're doing that is shared metrics. We've talked a lot this year about core web vitals, which I'd consider to be a user experience metric. How long- How long does it take for your page to load is your page stable do you have the right experience talk to me about some of the shared metrics that you're using when seos are teaming up with their ux team
1: yeah so we've been doing a lot of the core web vitals work recently and even though it's and google keep trying to phase it away from being a speed pure speed thing
0: an experience which is relying on speed.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I can't think that there would be any UX person that would disagree when you say we need this site to move faster. They're not going to go, mm, no, it's a good user experience for to wait. It saves us the moment. I mean, that's just not true. So I'm fairly sure that all UXs will agree with us on that.
0: I will disagree with you in some use cases. I uh, okay. tried to lose a couple pounds here or there, signed up for... What is it, Noom or Gnome, N-O-O-M? And part of their onboarding process, they've got this, you know, hey, we're crunching our algorithm and figuring out what your specific plan was, which let's be honest, it's all bullshit. Their algorithm can spit out the personalized plan in a second. But when you see the little gear and it's crunching the thoughts of, you know, your behaviors, it's really thinking hard about your personalized program making you wait makes it seem like it's more valuable. There are times when, you know, the computer is in theory processing. That's not actually what's happening in the back end, but it makes you wait. And then it's like, hey, answer this other question. We need to modify your plan. I thought it was an interesting user experience. So there are times when, you know, websites are trying to make you wait to make it seem like you're getting more value.
1: Yeah, that's very true, actually. yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> I have heard that before where, yeah, there are a lot of things now that happen too quickly and people don't realize. And so they do artificially load stuff so that people know this is what's happening, which is quite interesting. You can go down a very big rabbit hole when it comes to the sort of user psychology part of the UX bit and and how that all works. And there are some very intelligent people that probably do a lot of work that goes straight over my head.
0: That's for another podcast with a couple (laughs) of smarter guys and, and girls. That said, let's talk a little bit more about shared metrics. When you sit down with the UX team, yes, for the most part, everybody is agreeing, well, the site should be faster. So you're looking at your site speed metrics. You know, there's things like your cumulative layout shift. Is your site stable? Is it bouncing around? Are there any other, you know, core metrics that you're looking at that help the UX and the SEO team get on the same page?
1: Yeah, so there's probably two parts that I think um, are really interesting to work with the UX team. So the first one is the... Is that the... Cumulative layout shift. Yeah, that one. With that, I think it's nearly always something around slow loading ads or something that is a bit of a nuisance that someone outside of UX, outside of SEO has said, right, we either need these ads or we need this full pop-up to come up and say, subscribe to our email before you do anything. The type of stuff that's just very, very annoying to most internet users, but it's still so, so prevalent. But still monetizes like crazy. That's the issue. And when you say this isn't great, From an SEO point of view, this isn't great. It's slowing us down. Google said they don't particularly like it. We may get a slight ranking increase if we get rid of it. And then the higher ups say, well, is that slight ranking increase worth more than the money that we're getting from those adverts? And you go, no, not really. Sorry. (laughs) And then you lose that argument. But from a UX point of view, I've personally teamed up with the UX guys where we've looked at that from both of us, and so we've said it's it's a ranking thing. We can probably rank slightly better. It'll be a better site in general. Google will like us more if you get rid of them. And then the UX guys have come at it as well, and they've said, "Yeah, we did some user testing, and we can find I don't know ten of our users are instantly clicking back off the page because they're getting pissed off with us. And they don't like it." And blah Then when we take that to the client, and the higher ups see that, they May have a slightly different thought, but they may still go, yeah. But those adverts are still making us millions, so off your jug. But <laughs> at least we, can, at least we tried. That's the that's the problem, isn't it? Money talks.
0: That's generally why we're all working to make a dollar. <laughs> and I understand the business case, but there is a shared metric there of building the best user experience, and also Google's done a nice job of building that into a business impact because it affects your organic ranking. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how you can continue to work with your UX team and gain some alignment of your goals on tomorrow's podcast. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Joe Ford, head of SEO at Organic. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Joe, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Loxley, L-O-X-L-E-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is TheOrganicAgency.com. Podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Joe Ford from Organic, we're going to publish content every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.